podcast. Here is Melissa, Laura, and Rob. And we are ready with, with our cacao cup. Do you have your cacao? We're going to blast the cacao first. So take your cup. I really like to like put my hands on top of the cup and connect with the cacao. Just take a cup of breath to connect. And I like to ask to open my heart, connect with spirits, and help me release what doesn't serve me anymore. Ow. <laughs> Hello, everybody. So how are you guys doing? Doing great. Now that I have my cacao, I'm doing spectacular. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. It is the perfect way to start your day. Mm -hmm. mm, and it's very delicious today. Oh, I put so many spices. <laughs> what, what did you put in the cacao? Oh, so I added uh, Siberian ginseng. Mm. Oh. So that's a new one. Uh, again, maca. There's another Indian spice I don't remember. Ashwagandha. Mm. Um, pine pollen again. Uh, rose petals. They really give some nice taste yeah. also. And stevia. That's what is perfect. the ashwagandha supposedly good for? Um, I think when I've looked into it, it's really good for like anxiety, depression, mm -hmm. calming your mind, your body, um, really just sort of relaxing you. That's, it's very good for like your mental state. Good. Looking yeah. forward to a nice chillaxing afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and then ginseng is very good for um, mental clarity, like your memory, um, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. yeah, we should be, like, it's a perfect way to start your day. Yes, this is a recipe a facilitator in the jungle shared with me, and it's a recipe that so he created um, to go to festival, you know, to have fun, have the energy, and be able to dance, and not like doing drugs or alcohol like all his friends. So he started doing this, and then slowly people were like, "What do you do? Like, you have this energy to dance the whole night." And like say, well, just cacao, and start sharing, and and it was able to have people like stop doing drugs and alcohol, alcohol because they said this is much better, right? Much healthier, yeah. And, and like they would have much more energy and that buzz, like the happiness that cacao gives you, that was much better than any other drug. So it just was perfect. Help help people, plus giving them the energy they wanted to like celebrate. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so this reminds me, like, cacao, it's an ancient tradition from the Maya, like all the plant medicine we, we use, or <coughs> all ancient tradition. And I really relate to that, because being Italian, like, when you walk in the street in Italy, and you know that under the same street, like, the Romans, there's the Romans... Um, where are still literally behind underneath there's like layers like lasagnas mm. the the, <laughs> the 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 cities are built on and and like even there's underneath there's even other layers and it always blows my mind how like how is that possible that like the the Roman city is like underneath. Mm -hmm. 
and there's like for so long it got covered up and then someone built on top of it. Yes, mm-hmm. literally on top. And now like there's kind of space that you can go underneath. There's still like space that you can walk. So it's like how is there? there's a whole town underneath the town. Wow. <laughs> not all the time. I mean probably in Rome more. Like in my town there's just like a couple of buildings like that. So like the main church you can go underneath and still see the temple underneath. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That is really cool. We yeah. need to go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> and one thing that I really I really love to connect with history that it really gave us so much understanding of everything we do and the meaning. And recently I went to um we call it medieval festival, mm-hmm. but in Italian it is called um Rievocazione storica, which is like historical reenactment. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just like a funny festival or a fun festival. They really, we're really trying to recreate what was happening. So it's beautiful because it's like traveling through time mm-hmm. and you go back and you enter. And on top of that, it's in the place that all, all those things were taking place anyway. Mm-hmm. So you enter. So I went to this. Um, Festival in uh, Mondaino. It's called Mondaino. It's a small town in inland, so on the hills. And there's this old uh, castle. Mm. So you enter. So you literally like you pay the ticket, and then you enter. You go through the gate <laughs> with with the soldiers. <laughs> They're like having you enter, and you enter, and you have all these uh, like vendor. Um, and there's also all these people like acting like the people with the plague. The monks, the priests, everyone's going around, and then like also like shows. And but I noticed like this time I was like less interested to the show. I was like so for me it was like being at Disneyland because mm-hmm. I really yeah. I really loved the information. And so you had all these vendors that were really like dress up and all like in the Asian time in the Middle Age. Uh, even though it's a mix of Middle Age because the Middle Age is many centuries from eight. 800 till 1400 when the renaissance starts so it's like around first five centuries so there's differences in between but overall the middle age it's what has in common it's this um strong uh spirituality Mm. strong spirituality it's really when there's a lot of monastery that were built in churches and it was um and that's why then, in after that, the Middle Age, after that period, all the period that came after, like the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, and all that, they will look back at the Middle Age and like seeing it as the Dark Era. They call it the Dark Ages, right? <laughs> yeah, and actually, it's not. Now it's I'm discovering the Middle Age more and more. It's becoming one of my favorite era <laughs> and there's a lot of myths that are not true just to to say oh that was a dark era those people were like stupid now we're better now we're evolved but actually when you look into the history you're like no actually we're still human <laughs> still the same and, and and i think now now we can look back at the middle age and appreciate how spiritual they were mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, all the history of the witches and like that. But they were just like herbalists. Right. Using yeah. herbs, using plants, connecting with nature. So it's something that I feel relates a lot with what we're doing now. Right. It's like we're bringing back all of that now. 
reconnecting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I like the aspect of the wizards and magic. <laughs> Um, but did they have that in, in the Renaissance like festivals? Mm -hmm. that, was there they had, a piece of that? But they had like herbalists. Mm -hmm. um, they had all these vendors with like the ancient time, and they were actually you would go the, in, to each vendor just to hear the history. So there was this guy making shoes. Well, obviously, it was dressed like, like the the details mm -hmm. in the dress, perfect. Like even he had like uh, glasses, right? Because actually, in, in the Middle Age, that glasses were invented, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he had glasses, but still, like glasses didn't have like you call it the the thing to put behind your ear, mm -hmm. like he, your glasses there. So he had like a lace, ah. uh huh, to That's hold the glasses. So it's like a headband with. Glass or binoculars yeah. or something. A sort of binocular, sort of binocular with yeah. a, yes. Interesting. And then he was making shoes. It was still making shoes like the old times from leather. And then he was explaining because he had all these shoes from different areas, from the sandals, from the Roman sandals, to all the other areas. It was so interesting. Um, he was explaining like in a certain point, certain area in the Middle Age, uh, only noble people and rich people would have shoes with pointed shoes mm. and the length of the point like w corresponded to how rich or noble you were and it was also explaining how there were laws uh, about the length of the point so like someone poor or that was not on that noble um, that was not, I uh, call it noble category, <laughs> noble title in nobility. nobility. Couldn't wear shoes, pointed shoes. Huh. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And and then also I was explaining how at a certain point, like in 1500, they were starting to make shoes like um, with certain instruments. So all the shoes, the left and the right, were the same. At the point, mm. there was not a distinction. They were just like sort of square in the in the, in the point, and it was all the same. And also that there was not distinction between men and women shoes. Pretty they much wore the same shoes. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Pretty much till till the eighteen hundred wow. with the industry re uh, revolution. Men used to wear a lot of high heels, especially yeah. short men. <laughs> in, the state, in, the, in the states, you mean, right? It was for, all over, all over the world. Yeah. Oh, right. for horses, yeah. actually. Huh? Yeah, because it was. Oh, because you had because you were riding on the horses, so you need a way to elevate yourself so uh, you can get on. Mm, no, for, oh. <laughs> for the I call it this staple the where you put your 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 foot, uh -huh. so it's more stable with oh, a little heel. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like actually, high high heel, like like stiletto, it, they were invented in the fifties. So, uh. in in the past, like they probably were maximum one inch, mm. really for for the horses. And then probably because they were short, it was also <laughs> <laughs> the help that would that would help as well. <laughs> well, Laura and I have a huge love for medieval and, and Renaissance stuff. Um, where we grew up in Maryland, interestingly enough, the state sport in Maryland is jousting. Wow. And we grew up in a town called Columbia, right in between Washington and Baltimore, and they started this Renaissance festival. Mm. It was just a, you know, 
bunch of vendors and people getting together and dressing up in period costumes, and it's now turned into one of the the biggest Renaissance festivals in the United States. And interestingly mm. enough, it is in Crownsville. Crownsville. Crowns. <laughs> <King>. Of course. <laughs> um, but you know, you go there, you watch jousting and throw axes and. You know, watch blacksmiths make armor and oh, yes. glass blowers blowing all kinds of glass art. It's it's such a fantastic time, and um, it's this time of year too. So drinking cacao on a fall oh. day, talking about it, really makes me miss home. <laughs> oh, maybe we should go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. I was telling Melissa about this, and she kind of looked at me with a silly little grin, and was like, "Yeah, it's nice to do that where it really happened." Which <laughs> so it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, yes, they absolutely, I totally want to go and sleep in a castle in Italy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's it's really cool how we as humans like to celebrate our history and learn more and like have fun with it. And then obviously these festivals are a way to sort of revisit our past and, and understand where we came from and honor that. But we also bring in that that fun aspect of, mm-hmm. okay, let's, you know, what were the fun things that they used to do in those festivals, like the jousting, I guess, for the U.S., but I don't know. Do they have something like that in Italy? What is the jousting? Jou- jousting, they're on a horse. With and lance, and you oh, run yes. yeah. each other, kind of knock each other off. <laughs> they do, when they do the this historic events, they do, like, more race without horses. It was just people racing. Mm. There's different kind. The there's one in Siena, the Palio di Siena, with the horses, and they, but they don't do that. Uh, don't. It's interesting, you know. When I think of like medieval period, I totally think of England, and you know that's such a small part of Europe that I mean yes. there are people running around, suits of armor and swords, all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'd love to see what that looks yeah. like in There's so many different traditions. And one, um, one, one very fun tradition of Italy is the flags. So there's people just, just like playing and do acrobacy with flags. And it's very Italian. And I remember when I was working in Disneyland and they were doing the, I think, 20 or 30 years celebration, they wanted to add in the parade this cool things with flags so they had like these Italians coming and teaching them because it's so great how this medieval tradition are still carried on Mm -hmm. and people still like learning that there was also uh, still the festival um, in Mondaino there was another a vendor let's call them vendor but (laughs) a booth with all the medieval army and so it was like showing how they were doing war and explaining how they were doing war. And like he, he shared like some fun facts. Like for example, the salute, the military salute. Mm-hmm. It came from the Middle Age when they were having all this heavy army. And so this heavy mm-hmm. helmet. Yeah. And so when a superior was coming, they would have to, you know, it was all covered. So to move. To lift up their face. Lift down. it up. Lift it up. Yeah. To salute. Yeah. And so the gesture stayed. Interesting. I had no idea. <laughs> there you go. And then, yeah, that is really cool. It's so beautiful. And, oh, and also, they recreated, like, um, in the, um, there was, like, a hospital, and, and there was also, like, a guest house in, that, in this small town, right? 
And so they recreated in one of the rooms that was an uh, ex uh, like nun monastery. They recreated because it was there the guest the guest house, but also recreated the hospital to show how people were treated with the plague. Um. So they had like this bed that were like uh, for some reason like bend, bending. Mm-hmm. I don't know like, like elevated elevate one side only elevated. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and there was all these herbs that they were using, and this I don't know if you ever heard of this famous mask doctors used. Yeah, they with put all the herbs and the long mask that the, looks like a, the like long a bird, nose. bird nose. Yeah. Yes. So super creepy looking. Yes. Pla- I think they call it the plague mask. Yeah, that was for the plague, for doctors to go visit for the plague. And, and so, yes, I didn't know, so I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad you know that they would put all the herbs mm-hmm. in, in the big nose. Yeah, I don't know what kind of herbs they put in there, but I... I don't know. Anything they could get, I guess. I'm not sure any of it worked. Well, maybe they, they worked more than we thought because of all these herbs. The only things like the plague was more bacteria than virus, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It looks like in uh, 1347, the, um, the bubonic plague hit... Italy, it was uh, considered called, it was called the Black Death, and it killed like one-third of the European population at that time. But apparently the Black Death originated in Central Asia, and what happened was the Mongols came over to Italy and um, had invaded, and um, the Italian merchants then fled on their ships at that point and spread it into other parts of Europe. Um, mostly like with like rats that were on their ships and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So yeah, that's really interesting. I uh, I think I've always like equated in my mind, you know, with the plague, you know, rats and you know um, ships, but I didn't really understand the history behind it, and I really didn't um, understand that it actually kind of originated in Italy. Really, I mean, it, from obviously, Europe, from Europe. yeah. For Europe, that is. I mean, obviously, it came from the Mongols, but um, but yeah, that's really interesting how much history is in Italy regarding you know the plague and all that. Well, there is some interesting thing, like one of the the worst century for the plague was the 1300. Mm-hmm. It's called like the century of the crisis. Um, one second, and that's because like there was really like an epidemic of plague every two six years. And that would last two years or more. And so there was, it was a century that uh, all Europe, uh, like so many people died, and so half of the Europe population was dead at the end of the 1300s. And normally what was happening, like they would put. Um, Test? I don't know. Okay. They would put, we have microphone <laughs> They would put, um, like, town in quarantines and all that. And also the rich people would go, like, leave for a while in the, far from the town, like in their country palace, country castle, mm. whatever, because normally the plague would heat during the summer because it's a bacteria. So during the right. winter it was okay. And there is one of the main Italian, um, like, literature book that was written 
during that time and set during that time. It's a, um, it's, it's a collection of different stories. It's like you would say the, um, the 1000 night, you know, that, that, uh, Arabian oh, yeah. books, a similar structure. So the structure is like these noble people go to the country side and they're in this palace and they have to spend the time, you know, no computer, no TV. <laughs> 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 it's like it's like uh, like the lockdown, but <laughs> without anything, right. without like Zoom or <laughs> those poor people. Yeah, and and so and so uh, they started telling stories to each other's, mm. and so each one like comes out with a story, and so the book that's what is the book is like you have all these people there, and it's like okay, I have this story, I have this other story. And it was written by Boccaccio. And the story are kind of like um, dirty story. So <laughs> sort of dirty because it's like, uh, yeah, like not explicit, but, but that's like these were written, these gossip, were gossip. written during the plague or during that time. Well, of yeah. course, they're scary, right? They're about not scary. Sexual stories. Oh, sexual. I thought you said terror. Not dirty. Dirty stories. <laughs> dirty stories. Oh, what do you do when you're locked down with no internet or Zoom or TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And let's say in Italian when someone say, I mean, some dirty story, you can say boccacciate or sboccacciato from boccaccia, the, the, the writer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Gosh, it's 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 kind of funny how there's some correlation between like what we're going through now with COVID, and what they went through like in Italy during um, the plague. So, you know, history does repeat itself. They always say that, but it's kind of true. And us as humans, we end up you know redoing a lot of the same things that we've done in the past. Yeah, we are like as human, we're always human. That's what I love about history. Uh, that, but if we actually really look at the history the right way, so instead mm-hmm. of, like uh, we were saying before, the Renaissance, we're looking at the Middle Age, like, oh, the, they were, like, superstitious and stupid or whatever, instead of, like, oh, finding out that we have still the same human characteristics, it's just that because there actually is more technology that evolved much mm-hmm. more, and so, like, technology right now we built on on the technology and so we definitely the technology evolved but us as human we haven't really uh and i think that's where our work comes in now with mm-hmm. plant medicine with yoga and because there has been also evolved people evolved people throughout history enlightened people throughout history but now it's the time that that the majority that critical number become awakened and starting and history can really teach us of like oh while looking at, yeah, like the lockdown and people, what do you do? Like <laughs> telling dirty stories. Right. <laughs> you know, I would be really curious to know how many people came out of the Black Plague era um, more enlightened or more trying to kind of connect back to their spirituality and see if there's a correlation to how many people are doing that awakening right now. Cause it seems like there's a lot more people now kind of going through that awakening and COVID was a, definitely a catalyst, I think. Well, there's a period in history called the enlightenment and, and that comes after 
may hundreds of years after but you know eventually it's a cycle we have to go through it yeah, I mean, the, the Enlightenment was a little different in that. I, I know the name. That nowadays we will have a different kind of Enlightenment. That yeah. was the Enlightenment of the logic mind. And so, again, they were like the Middle Age, those stupid superstitious <laughs> people. <laughs> they believed in God. <laughs> but, but definitely after the play, what happens, like half the population was dead, and there was... Uh, there was two important innovations. One, they understood, because at the same time they were using, which it's a problem we're doing now, they were not, they were using monocropping, I think it's called monoculture. Yeah. Yeah, monoculture. So they were using the same land to cultivate the same plant all over again, and that would really lose so much nutrients, and that was enabled to produce as much. And so they learned to to start rotate. And that's it, it's interesting when I see that now we're still doing that. And it's like, what? I think we learned that in the 1300s, but apparently we haven't. Yeah. <laughs> and so they learned how to cultivate better. And then because a lot of the population was in there, all the population became more rich because they were like inheriting from the family, and also like the the few workers that that were still alive, they they had a more they could negotiate a better salary and better work uh, conditions, and that's when the unions were born. So there was there there had been this improvement in human life because of the plague and the, the crisis in the 1300, but they were already very very connected to spirituality because they had this monastery that's during the middle age and a lot of uh, monaster orders were born during the middle age san benedetto san francis mm-hmm. and and so on and and population really understood the importance of having that they would pay they would donate to the monastery and the monastery would just pray i mean they, they would understand the importance of having a place of praying prayer there isn't this the time period when all the great cathedrals of Europe were built during the 14th to the 16th century? <laughs> They've been building like temple and cathedrals <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> there's, there's, but yeah, depending which one. But the Gothic style, it was, yeah, the, the, the one that it's like the Notre Dame de Paris. Um, it was that during that time, for sure. Um, what else? Oh, but like if you if you if you read like what the general population uh, was thinking about spirituality, even though like they were spiritual, but like if someone in your family, some kid in your family wanted to become a priest or a nun, they would say, "What are you doing? You crazy? You need to do a normal job." <laughs> like sounds familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar. <laughs> so again, we're still human. But I also think what I love about history and that what I learned in that, um, so going back to how we started the conversation, which was the um, the Revocazione Storica, so the medieval festival where I went mm-hmm. in Mondaino, that is called Palio de Daino. If you want to go next year, each August, <laughs> it's beautiful. By the mm-hmm. way, we're gonna go. All right, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll make a plan. And what I, what I learned was really like seeing. And remember how everything that we use has so much history and meaning. 
like they were making cheese, how they were making it. There, someone was like painting with like from pigments, and the mm -hmm. pigments are. She was explaining how, for example, to make the white pigments, you need eggshells also. You can use eggshells or other. So how mm. from and and just imagining. Okay, so someone, some human, like arrived. There was nothing built, and start to figure out that eggshells can create. A pigment and then to from from this pigment that is a powder using the egg yolk and like create and, and paint because the egg yolk like makes the consistency right to, for mm. for the pigment to become a paint and it just blew my mind I was like wow we give everything all of this for granted all of this for granted mm -hmm. and we just like so much into like okay this is this is a mug this is that we forget what it's behind and we think and we don't remember like okay someone came up with there's nothing how can I drink my water and figure out a mug uh, and right. so remembering this power of history that gives so much more meaning to any little object mm -hmm. that we have said that help us to respect them more and then the other thing is like Yeah, also remember we're still human, and so what is what it means to evolve, which does not mean just technolo technology. Yeah, I agree with that completely, you know. We didn't have technology for a really long time. I mean, in, in the sense that we have it right now. I mean, there was no such thing as the Internet. You know, and people had to figure stuff out on their own. I think, actually, they were way more creative in that regard because they had to use their own ingenuity to come up with, all right, how do I drink? You know, where do I, where do I, one, get the water, and where do I put it so that I can put it into my body? And so they came up with, oh, let me make it out of clay, or let me make it out of um, concrete, or whatever they, they made it out of. I mean, the straw. I mean, they made their own stuff. And, um, and it was like that with everything. And we all have to remember that. We all have it in with in us it's in our dna to be that creative and, and, and to come up with new ideas and new methods of doing things and we i think sometimes rely too much on our on our um technology to come up with that but really we don't need technology at all mm -hmm. we never have mm -hmm. so you know i don't know where i was going with that. <laughs> yeah, well i think it's interesting to think that you know Biologically and psychologically, we're exactly the same thing that we were 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. We're the same human being. The only difference is we have more access to information. We have more knowledge. Mm -hmm. The people before us developed technology that we use. You know, technology, you know, hundreds of years ago was the stirrup. You know, how can I better stay on my horse? You know, or, you know, what's a better wagon wheel? And, you know, you go back a thousand years, people thought the same way we think. They struggle with the same things we struggle with. I mean, you read any of the ancient texts, we're all trying to find the same thing. You know, I think it's a little bit of peace and happiness, to be honest with you, you know, and escape the thinkings of our mind. And, you know, in our culture today, there's so much information that we absorb that we're almost programmed drones that absorb all this cultural conditioning. We go out and do the things that society thinks we should or that our parents told us that we um, you know, should strive for, things that will you know, make our friends like us more, but none of that really matters at all, mm -hmm. you know? Not one bit, you know? And, and we need to get rid of 
all of those concepts and ideas that you know push us into doing unnatural things that we just shouldn't do as people and you know we can get back to being creative and you know, I'm not saying that we need to go live in a stone hut in the hills and you know farm but you know kind of, sounds kind of fun maybe a vacation that'd be great I don't know. I think when people, if you give yourself the opportunity to connect with yourself away from technology, away from everything, you might find that you, the creative juices in you might come out mm -hmm. and you might come up with all kinds of great ideas and things to um, better humanity and yourself. And I just, I, I think we don't give ourselves credit for that. We rely too much on other, other outside things when really all we need is already within us yeah yeah that's true even just starting like with watching your phone look at your phone a little less mm -hmm. um allow yourself to be bored so that's when <laughs> new ideas come in put your phone in airplane mode just try it for an hour and not mm -hmm. look at it it's beautiful. It's so nice. You mm -hmm. just you have this little sense of privacy, like no one's gonna bug you. It's great. <laughs> yeah, and then just explore and write down what's experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So I think we're good for today. Yeah. It was beautiful to explore this history. I always enjoy history so much. There's so much to learn, and it's just so exciting. And so what is your favorite period in, in history? So right now for me it's a middle age for sure, but it's uh, all beautiful, I love all history. <laughs> all right, so thank you for listening. Again, this is Melissa. Laura. And Rob. See you next podcast and... Kakao you later!